welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Vicky. I am honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode six of season three of This Osteopathic Life. Today, I'd like to talk about immersion. And this comes up particularly after yesterday, a day when normally I would have recorded and produced the podcast, but yesterday was quite full. And I decided, I chose, I elected, because we do have choice right, in each and every moment to move the recording to today, Friday, the 12th of March, 2021. And so it is. And the occurrence, the experience of yesterday was truly one of immersion. And I'd like to take a step back first as we're coming around to the one-year anniversary. So yesterday, the 11th of March, marked the anniversary of the World Health Organization's declaration of the COVID-19 pandemic. And it's within this week that a number of closures happened, right? So the closure of our gym began first, and then upon the conclusion of that week, the closure of our clinic, and really then, right, the opening of many more experiences and opportunities. But it has felt like a time of grieving, a time of reflection, sometimes, admittedly, a time of regret, or at the very least, questioning. Was that the right thing to do? Is this the right thing to keep doing? And that comes up, right? And we have the option to support ourselves in the decisions that we make in the moment and after the fact. And for me, that does happen in a cyclical fashion, that I'll think about something that I planned to do that I didn't do. And for the most part, right, be supportive of myself and see the reasons why it absolutely unfolded as it should. And then, because I am human, and have a human brain and human feelings and human energetic experiences, I will circle back around to that. And that voice right, in my head, my own voice will say to me, really? Was it? What if? Oh, if you did, and if any of you have seen Napoleon Dynamite, it'll be an Uncle Rico moment, right? If coach had put me in, would have been state champs. If I had done this, then this would have happened. And so it is. And what I've learned is to allow myself to cycle through those feelings without judgment because right, being in that space of the should is already a judgment. So judging the judgment doesn't really do anything to help move it forward. And so I allow myself to cycle through and circle through. And I've anticipated this, right? not necessarily sitting and worrying and wondering what it was going to be like when it happened, but knowing our anniversaries do bring up reflection. Sometimes they bring up celebration. Sometimes they bring up right, grieving if it's an anniversary of a loss. And in so many ways, that's what it is. Right? We're seeing so many students and teachers have their first day of school after 362 days. Right, So we're seeing this happen. 
And so I encourage all of us, myself included, to just allow whatever feelings come up as we're moving through these times of transition and reflection. And it's an interesting experience because we're coming around to some virtual events happening for the second time virtually. And there was so much novelty the first time around. There were no expectations, right? These were completely new events. And now that they've happened, what are we expecting of them? Is there still that energy and that capacity and that knowing that, well, if we can't have the other, then this is better than nothing. Or now this desire for more and see how that comes around. And so yesterday, I'm still retroactively going through this with you. So I've reflected a lot this past week and the week prior as well. So last two week interval on feeling quite tired and needing or at least embracing more sleep than usual for me. And I have a history right, of being what I might consider a micro sleeper, needing smaller volumes of sleep, perhaps than average. And if you read about sleep science, right, that really isn't a thing. There are very few outliers. Most people are in that range, right, seven to nine hours. But there are ends of the bell curve, so it's possible. And generally, for a lot of years, I did pretty well with less sleep. And I was thinking, again, at that one year ago, Mark, what was I doing? And I was getting up around 4.30 in the morning and going to the gym and coaching an early class and then taking the next class and training and then getting home to see my family for a brief transition before going to clinic and working from eight to five, sometimes a little later, depending on how I was keeping up with paperwork and then walking home and heading into evening activities, different activities for sports or dance or gymnastics or quiz bowl with the children. Oftentimes I would be helping coach one of those. We would have a social engagement. We might do something in town, right? And then I would complete whatever tasks I had remaining and often go to bed right around, we would say 10, but generally more like 11, right? And you could do the math, right? It's a relatively small volume of sleep. And I felt pretty good. Now we could look back and say you had this abdominal injury, perhaps, or is lack of restorative sleep. Totally, totally possible. But contrasting that with the current model of being, it feels like, and I could both look at the logistics and the objective measures, I'm sleeping a lot more and there's a lot more downtime. There's a lot more unstructured time, unscheduled time. And we're seeing that across the board, right? When we have children not in school and we don't have the extracurricular activities. And for me now, I'm not in clinic for this fixed amount of time, right? I'm at home and I construct my days to my own accord. And there's a lot of amazing grace and privilege in that. I completely recognize there's so much freedom, but there's also a lot of lack of structure. And we talk about, right, boundaries create freedom, but we're out of the boundaries on this space. And then from a sleep perspective, I was earlier on in the pandemic working quite late because I do have ties to the West Coast. And so I would stay up later coaching into the quite late hours you know, here in the Eastern time zone in order to meet the needs of those with whom I worked out in the Pacific time zone. And I've since shifted that back a bit because I realized that was getting to be a bit extreme. But in general, my days start later and still end a bit later. Right? I still have calls in the 8 and 9 p.m., Eastern time range. And to compensate for that, 
I will start the day a little bit later. You know, so get up and see my children. I'll do some journaling and reading. I will do some of the clerical work, you know, emails and administrative tasks. I will do a workout, right? And if you follow me on Facebook or if you get my Live Inconceivable newsletters, you'll see the post that's relevant to the daily workout. Usually in that, you know, 10-ish o'clock realm, I'll have some food and then I'll begin my calls usually around 11. And I'll have a block of calls. I'll have some space. I'll hang out with family. I'll have another block of calls or meetings, sessions right into the evening. But in general, I will still sleep from that 11 o'clock, but wake up more like in the 6 or 6.30 realm. And you might think, well, that's just finally getting back to normal sleep. And that may very well be true. But it's such a different experience in having to recalibrate, right? Reequilibrate to what that means and to associate with the level of productivity that's involved in that and allowing it to be enough, right? And see what it means to declare that. So all of that backstory to bring you to yesterday, when the day, the fixed structured tasks of the day began earlier. So I submitted, when I received an email from my alma mater, Michigan State University College of Osteopathic Medicine, for a spring renewal conference. And I'd, I saw it come through my email. I glanced at it. I saw the dates. I saw the deadlines. I thought maybe. But as you might know, I have separated myself some from this institution following the different indiscretions, egregious acts, and systemic challenges that occurred over the past, you know, publicly five years and, you know, covertly decades. And this has been a challenging step to take, particularly as my niece was an undergraduate student there and creating some of that separation felt in a lot of ways like lack of support for her. And I made very clear to her that I supported her fully with distinction that I didn't support the way in which the institution had handled things. And as I've continued to navigate this path and also growing perception of forgiveness, grace, capacity for inherent healing, it felt like the right time to make this step back, right? extend a hand outward, build a bridge, step into healing. And just the idea around spring renewal conference, right? It was built into the concept. And so I offered a workshop on power beyond touch, exploring and expanding the osteopathic concept to learn, treat, and teach in any setting. And it was accepted. So it's one of those things that I submitted and it was up to them and they accepted. And so it was at the timing for this four-hour workshop was from 8 until noon on the 11th of March. And so it was. And so I got up as usual, but then the start of the day began. And it was four hours of talking about the osteopathic concept. And that can be a relatively long time. That said, I meet you here routinely and my guests routinely and my students daily to discuss this. And so not far-fetched, but it was a conglomeration of a number of different talks that I'd given, bringing in movement, bringing in virtual and energetic treatments. And it was a fascinating experience, right, to be back, although, right, not directly, but virtually, to share my experience, you know, having graduated in the class of 2007, having been the class vice president and delivered the oath, knowing my picture was hanging in the halls and wondering what commonalities I'm sharing with the current students, knowing now that there are multiple campuses. And then one of my own teachers 
was in the call. And she has returned there to work and to mentor students, which is so encouraging to me. You know, I appreciate so much of all that she contributed to my education and learning, and I've been inspired by her. And so to be able to share in that space was really quite encouraging. And so we talked. We talked about the concept and personal applications and professional applications, and specifically, right, that within our own system, within our own school, there was opportunity to look at structure for optimal function and see what the healing capacity was and how we can move forward together. And I really do hope that the opportunity exists and persists around that, which we can do together. And noticing that there is possibility for me to be a part of that process and that nurturing the current students and offering support to faculty. And perhaps if the opportunity presents itself, looking at how systemic shifts might be able to happen through the direct application of the osteopathic concept. And so it was four hours and we could look at how that could be energy taking, but it really was energy sustaining at minimum and actually energy generating truly. You know, there was a smaller attendance. It was a recorded session, so it is accessible for additional students and faculty to view. But for those who were there, the engagement was really intriguing. They asked good questions. They offered back personal experience. I got to teach movement. I had the energetic treatment to offer to them for the experience. And it wrapped right on time. It was one of those things where you were immersed in the moment. And sometimes you think, are we even going to fill up this time? And then you think, are we going to go over? But it did. It really circled around right at the four-hour mark. And I went immediately from there into my weekly class with which I work senior medical students. And we again talk about osteopathic medicine and all kinds of applications. And it happened to lend itself to a broad discussion into some really deep topics around you know the history of the profession and the future of the profession and hopes and possibilities. And I really had thought I wasn't going to talk as much. I just spent four hours talking and I would facilitate discussion, but the students were very interested and can ask these great questions and reflected in really fascinating ways. And so it was. And similarly, I thought, right, a fifth hour of talking about this, would I be tired? And I wasn't. I was energized. And so I had a pause and I was able to go and accompany my oldest son. And I did share with you that he suffered a femur fracture, right? The long bone in his thigh six weeks ago to the day yesterday. And we were going to visit his surgeon to decide what the next steps were in his healing process to get an updated x-ray. And this person also happened to be one year um, after me, one class after me at the same school. So we shared time in the hallways and in the different labs there. And as I walked into this office, the entire two decades of my medical education training and practice came rushing back to me. And as I said, right, it's been a year that I've closed my clinic and even longer since I've been in an office in this setting. But as you go through training, right, you're a student and you're a resident and then you're a consultant in these different spaces and sometimes a patient as well. But I just saw so much of my experience, you know, just in the layout of the office. And I've never been in this office and not all offices are the same, but there are similar components, right? Even from the, the check-in desk to the patient bathrooms, to the pathways to get to the imaging department into the cubbies where the computers are to keep notes and seeing a resident physician standing in the hallway 
and seeing the physicians come out and patients waiting, I just saw all of the different spaces and places I had been. And I was filled with a lot of gratitude for my teachers, all those physicians who had taken the time to allow me in to their practice. I was filled with appreciation for what I had to offer. Seeing that, while yes, there's a lot, again, of energy that is transmitted outward when you are the resident, excuse me, the attending physician taking care of, right, teaching a student or a resident, but also there is contribution, right? Because having those discussions, as I'm seeing, being the one taking on students and speaking with students from the teacher position, that there is mutual learning and mutual exchange and energy generated in that space. So I had appreciation for my part in those experiences. And it was a very nostalgic experience. And there was also, as we're in this one year anniversary time, this sense of, hmm, like what I want to be back in these spaces. You know, there's something too in the structure of it, right? There are assistants and there are technologists and there are nurses and there are administrative personnel and there are the physicians and the residents. And there's a familiarity, right? There's structure to it. There's a sense of inner workings and roles and responsibilities and levying the different tasks. And so I visited through all of this and I really was <laughs> available and present to my son. And most of this I did while he was getting his x-ray, right? I kind of let myself really just see all these thoughts happening. And the good news, right? So we had the appointment and the healing is progressing appropriately and he's been clear to begin weight-bearing again. And that struck me too that this was 13 years nearly to the day from when he took his first first steps, right? To watch him again ambulate for the first time now after six weeks of being on crutches and revel in it, right? He was a bit shocked and uncertain, right? And fumbling because that leg has not done the work of walking. And to be able to be there with him in that moment, I was very grateful for. And then I had the opportunity to return home and move into coaching, right? So I spent the morning in the osteopathic concept and in this teaching role, certainly gaining as much as I offered in that space as I was inundated in the best way with questions and possibilities and then into coaching with groups of physicians where still the osteopathic concept is at play, right? Is underlying these concepts of knowing your thoughts, feelings, and actions and seeing their relationship because that's your body, mind, and spirit engaging. And then I finally had a pause and I put my work out there. So normally it would have been earlier, but it was such a beautiful time to be able to be in the sunset and to notice my shadow. So the angle of the sun generally is straight ahead, right? It's right directly on me. You'll usually see the glowing sun in my pictures, but this time of day, we are about an hour away from sunset. And so it's just at the angle to create a full and perfect shadow of me sitting on the rower in the yard. I love shadows. I love shadow pictures. I love shadows when they stretch and when they shorten and the different angles and how you can move with them and how they match and mirror you. But they also don't hold the whole picture, right? They don't have the details painted and there's, there's space for that. There's room for imagination and there's this sense of right, your full self and it takes light, right? It takes a light source to create a shadow, to remind you, right? To remind you that you are this embrace of the light. Like this is you being shown through your relationship to light. And so I was really grateful. While earlier in the day, I might've been a bit frustrated because again, the rhythm is to have the workout in before you begin the day. 
But this was such a gift and actually a nice intermediary activity because I still had calls into the evening. And so I did and I completed them. And as it all came to a close around 1030, you know, I just took a a pause. I laid on the floor in our basement as my husband is doing a lot of tasks around the house, which he does. He carries so much. We could almost say all of that load. I did do some tidying earlier in the week, but he does so much of it. And I have so much appreciation for that. And just said, like, it was a full day and it was a good day. And as I made my daily post about the workout, it was immersion that came through. I was immersed in it. And I saw the insight was coming through in the day, but it was through that act of immersion. And so as I pulled that word up, and look at us, we're a number of minutes into this episode, and finally, we're coming to the word where we began. But all of that adds to the understanding and the experience of it. And so immersion options here, right? The act of immersing someone or something in a liquid. And even that, just thinking of that, I love it. I love water. Water is my medium. And I cannot wait, right, for the swimming season to begin and to reclaim. And it may not be 95 consecutive days as it was last year, but it will be many days. And I do know that I could immerse myself now. My husband has been doing cold plunges with friends the whole winter season, different than swimming, but still immersion. But just that idea of immersing someone or something in a liquid. I think about the health and the tide. And I think about those in fluid, in liquid ways. I think about you know, treating in the body, I always tune into the liquid. So immersing feels like that engagement with the whole. Another definition is deep mental involvement. And I would say yesterday, in particular, the morning four and five hours absolutely was mental involvement. I would also say that it was involvement of the body and the spirit, right? Physical, emotional, spiritual involvement as well. Looking at unity of the whole and how that came to be. Next, we have a method of teaching a foreign language by the exclusive use of that language, usually at a special school. And this one is so fascinating to me and one that still tugs at my heartstrings. I really did have visions and I talked to you about, right, this should have, would have space we go in that my children would be in immersion school. And they're actually the only of my nieces and nephews that don't have that language exposure, you know, built into their experience. And so there's that component of it. But I also do think about foreign language of medicine. We talk about that when we begin medical school, that you're learning this new language. Foreign language of the osteopathic concept, right? And the exclusive use of that language, usually at a special school. And we could talk about that in the osteopathic realm. Perhaps not. So immersive, maybe a bilingual school would be more appropriate there. But I also think there is an immersive experience that I am in. And I am speaking in that language and I'm offering it up in these different spaces, perhaps right, with different dialects and translations and applications. But I do get that sense right, of being in that space where these are the core concepts. And so immersive school in that experience where we bring these forward, not in a way of only, but in a way of and. Right? They're part of the lens. They're part of supplementing and flourishing other concepts. Then here, baptism by immersing a person bodily, but not necessarily completely in water. And my husband does allude to this in his cold plunges, right? That act of being submerged and that sense of renewal that comes from it. 
I do think yesterday had a bit of a baptismal effect in so much as right coming back to the school for the first time in many years and really immersing in it, remembering that it was there, that my engagement with these concepts was born and having appreciation for them and seeing one of my earliest teachers, right? She was in the lab with me from the earliest days of school and helped me to see the possibilities of osteopathic medicine. And it opened the doorway, that portal became available to me. The disappearance of a celestial body in the shadow of or behind another. This one blew me away. I've never seen this as a definition. And if you have, that's amazing. Tell me more. The disappearance of a celestial body in the shadow of or behind another. And so thinking of that and thinking of that experience with shadow in the workout and my love of shadow long-term and just reflecting on that as a definition of immersion, the disappearance of a celestial body in the shadow of or behind another and thinking about what is in that shadow and a celestial body, thinking about that, the energy, the star, the light that is in that and what that means and what it represents and the possibility that it holds. And just thinking, right, that timing was perfect yesterday and it did allow for this shadow to emerge. And also, did it obstruct something, right? The disappearance of something else, is it the loss? Or is it also illustrating that within that shadow, there's so much that can be held. And so when I think about immersion, I think about embrace. I think about the coming together. Some of us might think of the immersion blender, right? And just seeing the potential of what that experience can be. There's another definition available, absorbing involvement. And it really was, like I said, four hours, which could seem like a long time, not a long time, but it really was just being in the moment. I remember a few times, you know, checking the clock to see if people needed a break. Although in the virtual world, they're free to take a break at any time. You can pause your video, you can mute yourself, you can eat, you can have a bathroom break, you know, it can all be built in. And that's really valuable, I think. And for me, right, I could stay on board, I could stand up and move around, I could have a drink in that space, and it was relatively free flowing, we were in the fluid. And there was the absorbing of it, because I would look at the clock and think, wow, this much time has already passed, look where we are, and we're still engaged, right, we're still absorbed, we're still involved in this learning. Here's another instruction based on extensive exposure to surroundings or conditions that are native or pertinent to the object of study. And there, I really did. It felt like I was in my native space. It felt like this was where I belong. This is what I'm meant to be doing. These are the people to whom I can speak and have influence and connection. And it was pertinent. So I was in my own space. I was in my basement. And for the first time I ever used a virtual background and then removed it because to teach movement, it was actually a bit distracting. But it was through the extensive exposure, right? And I've been myself in this space in osteopathic medicine for a number of years and also in the movement space, right? For really as long as I can remember thinking about movement and the importance of that to health. And so it was instruction based on that. So I was 
instructing from immersion. I was instructing within immersion. I was being immersed in it myself and learning in that way. So many great opportunities to ravel with and engage with immersion and see how it actually does speak to the situation. And so today, right, there was some recovery from the length of the day. There was a resuming of the original routine and finding my way back to the structure, but also appreciating there was something to that act of having this large block of time spoken for in a thoughtful, in an engaging, in an intentional way that I really enjoy. So it said to me, right, set your schedule up that way, right? You do have good energy at this time. I've been tasked with some time mapping from one of my coaches and I noticed that even though right, it seemed early and for the first moments, I thought, ooh, do I even look awake yet you know, relative to when I normally would? But as soon as we were going, there was so much energy and engagement in that space. So it gave me the opportunity through the immersive experience to see that I may benefit from restructuring my day in a different way. And that I always have, at least in these last six to eight years, prioritized my training sessions in the daytime, usually before work, so that it was guaranteed to get in and it wasn't omitted. And I do appreciate that. And also knowing that those afternoon sunset shadow-based workouts have their own unique value and possibility. And so I ask you what you have experienced immersively, where you have utilized immersion to augment or enhance what was happening and how you see any of these iterations of immersion coming up for you, whether there's absorption, teaching from these extensive surroundings, being deeply mentally, physically, spiritually involved, engaging in that foreign language by really and truly speaking it, that experience of baptism, or right the disappearance of a celestial body in the shadow of another. So beautiful even to consider and contemplate. And so as I head into the next week, which will officially contain that anniversary, I honestly don't know how I will react or what I will do, but I am holding space for it. I am immersing myself in the experience, in the fluidity of it, knowing it's going to change. There will be days when the waters are calm and other days when they are wavy, and both are okay. They are part of the full human experience. And that it's possible to miss something without regret, or to appreciate without needing to revert, and to be informed by all that's going on around us so that we can continue to make the choices that feel right, that feel aligned, that feel immersive of our core values, vision, mission, purpose, meaning. So I'm so grateful for the experience and thank you for taking the time with me here today. I look forward to continuing these dialogues and the conversations. There's some great episodes upcoming in the next few weeks. I will remind you that you can get a daily email from me through Live Inconceivable, and I will put the link in the show notes. Thank you for walking with me on this journey back through the past year, through yesterday's experience, and in today's immersive reflection. This is Dr. Millie Beaky. With this osteopathic life, thank you for listening.